All right, welcome to part two of episode three of Librarians Assemble. I'm still Josh Stone. Um, okay, so let's just go ahead and jump right in. As, as I've said now a couple times, today we're interviewing Jez. She's a public librarian outside of Chicago. So here we go. with Jez today. She's a public librarian outside of um, Chicago. She's in Darien, Illinois. How are you doing today, Jez? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm pretty Um, excited. Yeah, me too. This is great. We're um, finally out of Florida, so that's good. This is our first first interview taking place outside of the state of Florida. Well, I'm still in Florida, but that's... But I'm in Chicago. You're in Chicago, so... But that's pretty cool. So you have kind of a fun comic book history. If I'm, um, you used to work for a comic shop, right? Yes, I used and, to work for a small comic book store uh, in the south suburbs of Chicago, and they were also a publisher. So oh, I got to see both sides of that. Wow, that's, a, that's so. The, your fun backstory just become just got even funner. Yeah. Um, and now you work for a public library. So, tell us about your side on the um, about your time on the retail side of comics. Uh, well, I worked in a. A small comic book store uh, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, go back and forth between classes and then go to work. So I was only there part time, but I got to do a lot of working with customers, you know, general cashiering. But I got to talk about comics with people that knew comics. Mm-hmm. And then on the publishing side, uh, we would write comic books and prose novels. And I would be in charge of shipping those out to people. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've not really heard of a comic shop slash publisher before, but that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you make your tra- transition from comic book publisher over to public librarian? Like I said, I was doing it just during college. Just during and college. then um, after graduation, I did a couple of other things. And then I decided, you know what, libraries, that's where I want to go. So I went and got my master's. Uh, I graduated from there only last year. Oh, congratulations. And I've been working in a public library since. Cool. So what's your, what's your role at your current library then? Uh, I am an adult services librarian. Okay. So I do a lot of reference, uh, reader's advisory, some programming, and then I do collection development. And one of those areas is graphic novels. <gasps> well, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that a coincidence? Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, so how do you determine what comics you buy for your library? Do you buy them just for your library? Are you part of a larger system? Is it just a um, just your particular location? What's your setup like? It's just our particular location. We okay. are part of a system mm-hmm. um, in northern Illinois that connects with a lot. So we share things, but we're only purchasing for our library. Okay. So how do you determine what comics you buy for your library? What are some yeah. What are some resources you use to help you with that? With that process. Well, definitely the journals is probably my number one thing. Um, book lists, Publishers Weekly, those are both fantastic for comic books. Um, every now and again, you'll see things listed on a blog. Mm-hmm. So I follow a couple of those, but not so regularly. <laughs> I am generally checking them when I need to find something to fill in for my budget. <laughs> because yeah. a lot of the time, I'm just reaching my budget anyway, and I don't have the option to check anywhere else Mm -hmm. and but also i do all the ordering for the adults we also order for middle grade and for teen so i'm kind of working a little bit in tandem with them trying to check okay do i need this for the adult collection Mm -hmm. or do we need it for the teen collection where does this fall who's going to order it that's good so you so you and the different departments work together then so that's really good Mm -hmm. that's cool so um all right Ebooks are really popular right now, and yes. every public library has some kind of ebook platform. Not every library is supporting or purchasing digital comics these days. Does your mm-hmm. does your library have digital comics? Yes, we have a little bit through Overdrive, mm-hmm. and then we have some through Hoopla as well. Okay, and do you order the the digital comics as well? 
do you handle I do that? not. You do not. Um, okay. Our digital services librarian okay. does all of our e-ordering. She does all the e-books and comics. Okay. Are you familiar with that process at all? Do you ever do you ever help them out, or do they just order in bulk? Uh, you know, I'm not sure how not she sure. does the yeah. ordering. I mostly just know them from the patron side. Mm-hmm. I've helped patrons figure out how to use it, but I also read them myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been um <clears throat> I've been trying to expand my library's digital collection or digital comic collection. So I've been trying to find other librarians and other libraries that are doing it and it's they're fewer and far further between. It is starting to catch on though. So maybe one of these days I'll have a a digital comics edition of, of librarians assemble. Well, maybe I think part of that is just that there's not a great platform for it yet. Um, last year we were trying to vet different platforms specifically Mm -hmm. for digital comics and they were not very good. Yeah. Did you guys look at one called comics plus? Do you Um, recall? Not that I looked at, but, um, the other librarian may have looked at it. Yeah, because that's one I've been seeing pop up here and there because I've been trying to collect our, or not collect, I've been trying to convince our collection development um, department to get a dedicated digital comics platform. And that's one of the few ones around Comics Plus. I think I think they have a like a retail version and then they have like a library edition of it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, what I kept running into with those is that they're, they don't have a great user experience. Mm-hmm. And if you know exactly what you're looking for, yeah. you can find it. But if you're browsing, it's really hard to find what you want. It is. So you have um, your library has digital comics for Hoopla and Overdrive. As yes. a, and you, you said you're more familiar with them as a user. So as a user, let's take, take your library hat mm-hmm. off for a minute. As a user, which platform do you prefer when it comes to digital comics? Um, of those two, I actually really like Hoopla. It's very new, especially, and we got it only last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hoopla as a service is, is relatively new, yeah. Yeah. And uh, as comics is even newer. Yes. We use it mostly for movies and TV, but mm-hmm. we added comics. And then recently, DC um, signed a deal with Hoopla, so now a lot of DC comics are mm-hmm. available on Hoopla. Uh, it's nice. You do have, I think it's a six-month embargo, so you don't get everything okay. right away. Okay. But if you're trying to catch up, if it's just something that you want to try, maybe you don't want to buy from the store, it's really nice for that. So, okay, because my library hasn't hasn't made that switch over. I mean, we use Hoopla, but we haven't expanded into their comics realm yet. Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing some research on that, I was I was kind of confused. I It seemed like to me that DC was only adding, like, like a few of their like most popular graphic novels, like Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, stuff like that. But that's not the case. They're actually adding like single issues too. Um, there are some single issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we have. I'm gonna see oh, if I can okay. pull it up. Actually, okay, we'll wait. We'll wait. That's fine. <laughs> I've actually been using it um, for. I read some children's comic books mm-hmm. on there. I really love book. the Adventure Time series. Oh my god, I know. Adventure the Adventure Time comics are so great. Really Just anything good. Adventure Time is that. great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um Yeah, cuz you were saying the um that they're about 6 months behind. That's why I was it that got me thinking about there's a um there's a service I don't think it's offered strictly for libraries. I'm sure libraries can incorporate it. But Mar- um I think it was Marvel Unlimited. I should know. I'm a sucker oh, yes. about it. Yeah. yeah, I've done Marvel Unlimited before. Yeah. We don't and, use it for the library. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, you run into that process. six months, yeah. which is fine for me because I could never keep up with with what's I can't going either. on. Either. I know there's just too much. It was too much. Okay, so let's let's move on for now. We can come back to that later if need be. Mm-hmm. And besides ordering the graphic novels for your library, what other kind of programs do you do? Do you do any like events or displays center around comics? Uh, well, we've done Free Comic Book Day. Okay, that's our big thing. Beginning of May, mm-hmm. um, just. So Earlier you, this year. Okay. We, what do you do for free comic book days in the library? Uh, well, I teamed up with our uh, middle grade and teen librarians. Mm-hmm. We set up um, some tables in the lobby, and you know we had all the comics out that we had purchased. Um, okay, so you guys of, as a library purchased comics? Yes, we did. Okay, um, that's interesting. We worked with one of the local comic book stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of patrons realize that Free comics are not actually free for, for, for yeah. stores or libraries. <laughs> yes. 
we get them at a much, much cheaper price. Okay. And the comic book store near us um, just kind of tacked our order onto theirs to help us out a little bit. Okay. And so they were the same. So your local shop then, they ordered extra of the specific free comic book titles? Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, we, we went through the list, picked out our titles that we wanted, how many, mm-hmm. and then they purchased them and we kind of paid them back for it. That's really cool. I'm not. That's the first time I've ever heard of a library like actually offering the same free comics that the stores are offering. That's really neat. Yeah, that's actually um, fairly normal around here, at Is least. It? Okay. In not, our area, most I will, of the I will say this. Um, mm-hmm. Since I've gone on record as saying that I'm not affiliated, this podcast is not affiliated <laughs> with any particular library, the libraries that I'm used to in um, in my neck of the woods, yeah, they, they don't quite work that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the money is a little, a little tighter. The purse strings are a little... A little tighter mm-hmm. around here, but I do know that there are some some libraries here in South Florida that work with the local shops, and sometimes the local shops will like donate old issues of comics mm-hmm. as a yeah. way of like you know that way the library will give those out and then say hey by the way if you go over to the comic shop today you can get even more free comics and stuff like that. That's pretty much what we did. I mean, we yeah. had the comics available, mm-hmm. um, but we had some few other events going on. Um, the part that I was most involved in is we had a, a costume contest Ooh. and a photo booth. Okay. And then for the costume contest, I went to that same store and asked mm-hmm. them if they would be willing to donate anything for mm-hmm. a prize pack. Oh, cool. And they went around and, you know, they picked up some of their, you know, quarter comics. You know, mm-hmm. not the top-shelf yeah. stuff, but, but it was... It was still nice that they donated mm-hmm. all that and a couple of toys. Is this um, is this also the local shop you had worked for previously, or is that that not the not the no, case? No, I actually don't work in the same area oh, okay. um, that I live. Okay. I, I commute quite a bit. Preach it, sister. Preach it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now you can listen to this podcast on your commute. Um, I do. That's how I listen to all my podcasts. Yeah, me too. Um, Okay, so I'm also an adult services librarian, so I'm always interested what other adult service librarians are doing with comics. So do you do anything? I know your free comic book day one, you teamed up with your youth services librarians. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything geared toward a more older um, patronage, if you will? We haven't done a lot for programming for Mm -hmm. adults. Uh, We have a book group for our 20 and 30-something patrons. Okay. And just recently in June, um, I led the discussion. We read Seconds by mm-hmm. uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, mm-hmm. which is one of my all-time favorite graphic novels. I, You know what? I haven't read the new one. I read all the Scott Pilgrim. I, lo- I read Lost mm-hmm. at Sea. I love, I love him. I love that guy, but I haven't read the new one. Is it good? It's very good. What? It's definitely worth picking up. Yeah, I, um, I think I will. So we that... don't read a lot of graphic novels for that group, but I was able to kind of sneak it in because I told them this really appeals to the 20 and 30 somethings Mm -hmm. there's something here for everyone that you've got your fantasy story with your um, time travel the whole story is basically she gets to repeat her mistakes that she gets to make up for them Uh, like second chances yeah exactly all right i see i see what he's doing there (laughs) (laughs) but there's also a romance element and there's some cooking she owns a restaurant oh cool and it was also just this feeling of Entering your 20s, well, she's in her late 20s, and all of your friends have moved on in their careers, they're mm-hmm. on to other things, and you feel kind of left behind. How do you start that next part of your life? Oh, that, sound, that does sound really good. That sounds like a Brian Lee O'Malley book, if I ever heard one, too. Yeah, and he's got little Easter eggs in there oh, does from the Scott Pilgrim series, oh, too. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, so this this book club, this 20s and 30s book club. So mm-hmm. is this a thing you've had going on for a while now? And like this is like the first graphic novel you introduced, or is the whole book club itself relatively new? Um, the whole book club we've been doing for a few years. Okay. Um, I've only been involved in it in the last year or so. Okay. Um, we've done some graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one we read was Hyperbole and a Half by Allie Brosh. Oh, good one, yeah. Just another fantastic read. And was that you? Did you lead that one, or was that before you... Uh, that was before I was there. Okay. That was that was before Jez? <laughs> yes. <laughs> BJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So um, do you do any, like, displays or anything like that? Yeah, I do around? have some displays. Mm-hmm. Um, for our library, we have a big reader's advisory 
focus. Mm-hmm. So we always put together some bibliographies on our website oh, cool. that all of the adult services staff were expected to you know, create a certain number of them every year. Oh, nice. And a couple of the ones that I've done are, you know, best series comic books or mm-hmm. best standalone graphic novels. Oh, very good. And we've printed those up on some really nice bookmarks. Um, our marketing department made them look fantastic. And I've got them set up at the ends of the graphic novel section. Cool. And you said these things go up on your website as well? Yes, they're okay. available on our website. Okay. If you want... Um... If you want, you can share those with me. You can email them to me later, and I can put them up on on my website for the sure, show notes for this yeah. podcast if you if you want. Um, okay, so since you're a former comic shop employee and you're now a librarian, um, and you've worked with your local shop, what do you see as some of the benefits of public libraries and local comic shops partnering together? I think there's definitely a lot of benefits. Um, the main goal for both libraries and shops is to get people reading comics. Mm -hmm. And I think libraries are in a fantastic position to do that because for the shops, people may not go in there because they feel intimidated if they don't know what they want Mm -hmm. or they don't know if they want to spend the money on something they may not like. So the libraries are there to provide that. You can pick up, you know, a collection of single issues or you could pick up a standalone Mm -hmm. and kind of get your feet wet, figure out if you want to do it or not. And then if you like it, you can continue it. Um, I know a lot of people have come into libraries, started a series, and then they couldn't wait for the next yeah. uh, trade to come out, so they would start mm-hmm. going to stores and picking up single issues. Uh, I kind of see libraries as like the gateway drug to reading. <laughs> Where yeah, that, I think that's come up on this podcast a couple times now about <laughs> us being pushers of of comics. Well, we are. There's there's very little risk, if any. Yes. And it's just a great way to it's, learn. It's a great high with very little downside. <laughs> exactly. Except to your income once you once you stop going to the libraries. Yeah. Um, all right. So, do you do any other kind of partnerships other than your um, your free comic book thing? Have you ever do you partner with the local shops for any other type of things? Now, that's the only thing we've partnered with so far. Okay. I'd definitely be open to doing more in the future. Yeah. Uh, but it would depend on what we were doing if yeah. we were doing something comic focused. That's cool. Is there are there any local um, comic book cons in your area that your library has has participated in or tried to participate in? Um, not that we've participated in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in Chicago, so we definitely have a lot going on around mm-hmm. us. Um, C2E2 is the big one, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of our librarians have attended that mm-hmm. and you know get the special professional pass. Really, yeah. really cheap. It's great. That's cool. Uh, but we haven't had anything where we had an actual presence at. Yeah, no, because I was asking because I know here in South Florida, down in Miami, we have a couple cons now, and our biggest one is called the Florida Supercon, and mm-hmm. then in Orlando we have the Megacon, and so I know a few of the the local libraries around there will get a booth at the cons and you know promote some of the stuff that they offer, some of the comics they offer, some of the programming they offer, and and I think that's a really good way. Here I work in um. I work in like the Palm Beach County area, and mm-hmm. we have a very small Comic Con here. It's really cute. It's adorable, and they've always been really good to us over the years. And we get a little booth there, and I'm always surprised if when people come up to us and they're like, you know, you see your regular patrons, and they're always surprised to to find out that you order or you have comics in the in the mm-hmm. system for them. So yeah, if you guys, that would be awesome if you guys could could get into some cons. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, the problem around here is that we're in the suburbs, yeah, so most so of it it's in the in city the and it's a little bit city. farther. Yeah, and you and have, then all of them are huge. Yeah, you got the gigantic ones, so it's even yes. harder to get to. Well, you guys could always do your own. Con. Yeah, I would definitely be open yeah. to that. No yeah. other libraries in our area have done that with some success. Well, there you go. Now's the time. You could tr- you could do it like a week before the big Chicago one or something like that <laughs> to like get people's appetites going for it. You mentioned that you have you you guys focus a lot on readers advisory there. What kind of really? titles? What kind of titles do you like to recommend for new comic book readers, uh, especially okay. those not interested in superheroes? That's the past couple of episodes I've done have been pretty superhero specific. So, mm-hmm. uh, my thing, especially for the non superhero ones, is that you can't think of graphic novels as a genre. You have to think of them as a format. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So then you have to think, okay, what does this reader like to read normally? What would they read for a novel? 
And then you kind of take those aspects, um, those appeal factors, and tie them into what you would want. So like I was mentioning with seconds, if it was somebody that really liked fantasy or if they liked cooking, that would be something I would think of for them. Uh, One I'm giving a lot of people lately is if they like anything nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some great memoirs, and one of them um, is March, which now has two volumes out. Mm -hmm. That's great for teaching um, teens history, but it's Mm -hmm. also great for adults who uh, maybe remember some of that. Um, I got one of my coworkers interested in graphic novels because she read that one oh, because good. she knew, um, you know, she knew about that whole struggle and mm-hmm. she wanted to read more. That's awesome. Yeah, just today I did a. Um, I'm going to interrupt here, but we can come mm-hmm. back to this in a second. Just today I did um, my very first um, book discussion featuring graphic novels, and I did um, graphic novel memoirs. And That's we my favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, I love graphic novel memoirs, and so we did um, a couple different books like i basically let people pick from a few different ones Mm -hmm. and so it it wasn't since it was the very first one and i work in an area that's you know it i work in like an older demographic area okay but i did i did get a couple and i did get people who have never read comics before to read some so i I thought that was pretty cool and i think like you're saying graphic i think graphic novel memoirs are a great way to get to get new readers interested in them Oh, absolutely, because you have that history aspect, mm-hmm. but you also have a very personal connection with the mm-hmm. characters. So what are so while we're talking about graphic novel memoirs, what are some of your favorite graphic novel memoirs? Uh, well, I, I mentioned Hyperbole and a Half. Mm-hmm. That one's probably my favorite. <laughs> it kind of toes the line between graphic and prose. Yeah. Um, part of it is written, part of it is drawn, mm-hmm. but they alternate. But I would say that's probably my favorite one because it just makes me laugh so much, but at the same time, it's got these really, like, tough moments that connect with me. That's cool. Yeah, that yeah, that's a that's a really good one, and it's a really popular one in library systems. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So, what other kind of things do you recommend to readers? What are some books that you find yourself graphic novels you find yourself pushing? I got it. It depends on what mm-hmm. they they like to read. There are certainly superheroes that I can recommend. Um, All right, what kind of superheroes do you like? Let's let's. When Jez is going to read a superhero comic, what's Jez going to read? Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, good one. Absolutely. Very good. Um, I'm also a big fan of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye series. Oh yes, I haven't actually I haven't read it, but I hear it's really good. It just ended, so now mm-hmm. you can read it all now at I once. Get, and I can get it in my local library. Yes, <laughs> that's what I've um, pushed. Um, I really like um, DC's Flash comics, mm-hmm. which that wasn't a superhero I necessarily liked when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, they interest me, but um, the last couple of runs have been really good, so I always order those. I don't keep up with the single issues, yeah, but I buy them for the library, and I put myself on hold for them before <laughs> anyone can get them. <laughs> That's a smart move. That's one of the benefits of working for the library. Yes, it is. I know, you know what um, you're going to order. Yeah, yeah you, you've got an inside, like an inside track. Mm-hmm. I um I can't remember the guy's name, and I'm surrounded by electronic devices that could look it up for me right now, but I'm not going to. I'm just <laughs> just gonna keep talking no matter what. Um, it's it was the first the first guy I think he wrote and drew the Flash when the new Fifty Two started up. You know who mm-hmm. I'm talking about? It's like Francis something or another. Oh um, um yes, I don't. I'm gonna pronounce it incorrectly. Yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's um, Bucalato. Okay, I, I think I don't know if you're pronouncing it right, but it's I think that's that's who I'm talking about right now. But his art, some of my favorite Flash art, not like Flash art, like tattoo Flash art, but like, right. but you know, like of the Flash character, some of my favorite ever. I mean, I liked the Flash since I was a kid. I mean, I wasn't like a diehard Flash fan or anything, but mm-hmm. when the New Fifty Two started and that guy's art, oh my god, <laughs> it's it's so good. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. Okay, so um, moving away from things that are currently in libraries, which are generally you know things that have been mm-hmm. out for six months to a year, what are some of what are some current titles that you that you're reading right now? Some do you read a lot of single issue comics? Do you read a I lot do. of the newer ones? Um, I don't read a lot of single issues. Okay. I mentioned um, to you earlier that I really like the. Um, Adventure, Adventure Time, Time. Mm-hmm. comics. So I'll go on Hoopla and I'll read those as soon as they come up. <laughs> um, I love the Marceline ones. Oh, Marceline's great. 
and then I have a subscription with Comixology. Uh, I kind of weeded back on what I was reading. I just got to be too much, too expensive. I know. But for the most part, I wait for the trades. Mm-hmm. But Ms. Marvel and Hawkeye. That's great. Um, for a while, Captain Marvel. Those I'd be oh, reading Captain monthly. Marvel, yeah. Have you, um, as a librarian, I haven't asked. Uh, I haven't asked this question yet. I, I should make this like a <laughs> a standard question for now on. As a librarian, have you read Sex Criminals? I have not. I've had it recommended to me a mm-hmm. lot. I've. Um, that was Matt. I picked it up. That one. And it's just not for me. Oh, okay. I recognize the appeal. I know mm-hmm. it's very popular. I have bought it for the library. Okay, that's good. As long as it's in the library. And not just for not just for any other reason other than I, the first major story is the two main characters are trying to raise money to save their local library. So that's that's okay. why I'm asking. <laughs> that makes me feel like I should give it a second chance now. Think, maybe you should. It's Matt Fraction. <laughs> I know, and I do like him. Mm-hmm. And Chip Zdarsky, I believe, or however his last name is pronounced. Yes. He's a really good artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you use Comixology. So is that your is that your preferred method these days, digital comics? That's my preferred method. Yeah. I like, and Hoopla does, the, does pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. I like the way digital comics read. I feel like it changes the format and mm-hmm. it changes your reading experience. Um, I do most of it on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And what it does is you basically zoom into each frame and then the transitions. Okay. I'm sorry? That's how you read yours? You do that panel view? Yeah, I do panel view. Okay. It kind of makes reveals better. Yeah. Sometimes it, yeah, they're does, able yeah. to do some really interesting things with mm-hmm. that. Whereas when I was reading the single issues, you know, in a mm-hmm. hard, not hardcover, but, yeah, yeah. you know, in real edition. form, yeah, yeah, yeah. print edition, mm-hmm. um, I'd be looking forward to the next page. I'm like, oh, well, I already know what's going to happen. Why do I read this? <laughs> yeah. I have a bad habit of skipping forward. Oh, well, that's even on if you. I don't mean that's, to. Not, that's not on the print comics. That's on you. <laughs> that's that's on. But no, I do. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know what you mean. I like it. I um, I don't always use that panel reader or whatever. Everyone calls it mm-hmm. something different. But yeah, most most digital platforms have that now, and it's it's cool. I like it a lot. Um. But I think I'm relatively new to digital comics. I just kind of started. Mm-hmm. I just got an iPad like several months ago, and I, that's the first time I started reading digital comics because it's really nice to read on an iPad versus any oh, yes. anything else. And um, I still like the whole page layout one. Mm-hmm. But there's some I've come across some comics where I don't I don't know what happened to the art, but like. It's more of an it's it's less in um like lands it's more of like in a landscape mode rather than like a portrait mm-hmm. mode if we can use print terminology pr- sure. like printer terminology um and it it's really hard to read so then I have to go to the to yeah the, I think some the of the comics mode. even are being written with that in mind I think so I think you might be right I think a lot of these of these new ones are are being yeah printed I'm noticing out. it getting better mm-hmm. uh, with comics because I've been doing digital comics for a long time. Um, mostly just because for a while I was moving a lot and I just mm-hmm. couldn't stand to store things anymore. Oh, I, I ran out of room. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm at the point. Very yeah, quickly. Yeah. I'm at the point now where it's like, I'm only buying print editions of things. If like, it's some, it's some way it's in somehow like more valuable to me. Like I bought the, the new invader Zim issue one, mm-hmm. Because the cover was done by Jonan Vasquez. I'm like, I want to see that cover. I don't just want it on my iPad. I want to own that cover. I don't want it, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'm also now, like, an adult who's in his early 30s. And so, like, there's very few comics now where I'm like, oh, I need to I, I need to own that one for a collector's reason, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so now, like, it's a lot easier to, order, to get them digitally. And you said you use Comixology, right? Yes. Yeah, Comixology not paying me for this endorsement. I wish they would, <laughs> but they're not paying me for this endorsement. But they always have great sales. Oh, so yeah, they, and they have a lot of free issues, and too. They, yeah, and they have a lot of free, like, sample issues and free full issues. And so, yeah, it's really hard for me at this point to justify not using <laughs> Comixology. Oh, so. me too. I've tried other things, but that's the one I keep coming back to. Yeah. I just wish they worked better with libraries. Yes. They had well, some kind of option. Yeah, well, I believe Comixology was bought by 
everybody's favorite Amazon not yes. uh, not too long ago. So they'll never work with libraries as long as they yeah. can, as long as they can handle or as long as they can get away with it. But um, that said, I just I just gave a glowing endorsement of all the digital comics I read on Comicsology. But I still love uh, local comic shops. I still go to the local comic shop. I might not buy as much as I used to there as far as pr- like print comics, but I'll get mm-hmm. stuff there. So like. At the end of every episode, I always encourage people to go to a local comic shop. I'm not being a hypocrite. I go to local comic shops. It's still They still have other things to do there, even if you're not buying single-issue comics there. Oh, yeah. I like going to comic shops just for the environment. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're just surrounded by all these books. They've got mm-hmm. people that are like-minded with you. Uh, absolutely. Plus, they. Um, I have started noticing that there are quite a few like original graphic novels that are published that aren't on Comixology. Like um, Brian Lee O'Malley's Seconds, not on Comixology. Mm -hmm. So, but you know where it is at, everybody? It's at your local comic shop. (laughs) So, and your local library. And and your local library. Okay, so besides being a comic book fan and a librarian Mm -hmm. and a former comic book publisher, we'll just skip. We'll just skip the real. You were a publisher. Um, I was not a publisher, but I worked for a publisher. You were the editor in chief of a large comic book (laughs) publishing (laughs) wing. Um, you can add all this to your resume now. It's all, it's on, it's recorded. It's going to go out on the internet. So it's all true now. Um, My resume is packed. I know you're welcome. See, you're getting, you're (laughs) getting the librarians assemble bump now. Mm -hmm. Um, so besides all that, what, what are some of the other things you do? You, you have a blog, I understand, correct? I have a very popular blog. Okay. Let's talk about that. All of my time. Let's talk about that blog some. Okay. I run a blog called how to grow the fuck up. All right. It is for teens and 20-somethings, um, teaching them things about school, how to apply to college, how to get loans, how to write your resume, cover letters, anything job-related, really. Oh, okay. I help with all job hunting. But then other things like how to buy groceries for the <laughs> first time without breaking your budget, wow. um, how to find an apartment, how to, you know, and how pretty did, much anything. How, how did this come up? Like, how did you start this blog? Is this something that you've always inherently been, like, the best at? Because all this stuff sounds like, well, I'm an adult, but I'm not sure I can buy groceries properly. (laughs) (laughs) I look for the sales. (laughs) Yes. Part of it came up was um, I was always the person in my friend group that people would go to. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I kind of had to grow up at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And then it became a joke that um, I was the responsible one. Okay. And my friend's parents would actually call me that. <laughs> We'd be going out somewhere, and they'd start asking, you know, 20 questions. Where are you going? Who are you going with? They'd be like, I'm going with Jess. I'm like, okay. Okay, promise. It's fine. Okay, that's fine. Come home whenever uh, you want. Yeah. So then about <laughs> two years ago, uh, my friend and I were hanging out, and we were just complaining about how people around us our age know nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we just seemed to be – we were getting very frustrated with um, – People not knowing basic roommate etiquette, <laughs> how to buy groceries, how to use your groceries and not just let them go bad on your shelves all the time. Mm, I wish I was better at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we were like, oh, we were just kind of joking around, like, oh, um, we should have a blog about this. And then, well, she was joking around. I went home and did it. <laughs> and we so, ran it together for a little while. And we, re- we write these comprehensive guides, you know, mm-hmm. how-tos. And then we also answer questions on the blog. Okay. And that's probably 95% of our content is just answering questions from people. So what's the? where can people find this blog? What's the What's the URL? Uh, I have my own domain now. I'm very excited. Oh, look at um, you. It's howtogrowthefuckup.com. Wow, nice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I bet you that was not taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I tried to get um, a Gmail address, and that was taken. Interesting. I don't know who grabbed it before me. That's weird. Did you email them and say, "What the no, fuck are I you should. doing?" <laughs> I'm the I'm the person who uses fucking this, situation, <laughs> not you. Well, that's cool. Um, so what about you? What about Twitter? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a I Twitter? I am, all I think you Twitter. have like multiple Twitters, right? Don't you have a Twitter for you for your blog for yourself? Yes, if I'm not I have mistaken. For right? my blog, for myself, and for the library, I run the library's Twitter. Oh, okay. So, so do I have you... all three accounts connected to the same tweet deck. It's very dangerous. It is dangerous. <laughs> I don't even. I, I'm so new to having multiple Twitters. I'm, 
I'm now in charge of, I'm the vice president of my local, my small local library association. I'm also now doing this, this podcast and I have my own personal Twitter and Mm -hmm. I don't have like a platform manager. But Mm -hmm. what I do, what I did realize is the Twitter app, at least on like the, the Apple products allows you to have multiple. Yeah. That has really helped me. Yeah. That's. That's nice. That so, one's probably the best because you switch between them. Mm-hmm. And you can't accidentally yeah, and when you share to, something in the wrong place. Yeah, and when you go to type, it shows you the picture of, of who you're currently logged in as. Yes. And so you can see like, oh, wait, no, I don't want to say this on that account. So where can people find you on Twitter? What are your Twitter handles? Um, my personal one is typesetjez. Okay. And that's J-E-Z. Mm-hmm. And then mine for the blog is H T G T F U. <laughs> it is the actual blog name was way too long for Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I learned that too. Apparently, librarians assemble is way too long for. So I had to shorten that up some too on Twitter. I think that comes from when they used to send them by text. Yeah, you remember those? Oh my god, I, I actually still get used, some that way. Do you? Did you use yes. Twitter when it was text based? I did, and yeah. I would get the text updates from That's you know hilarious. specific people I followed, uh-huh. and I still get those just because I want to be completely connected to certain people. Oh wow! No, I um, so I started doing Twitter back when you could do it from your non-smartphones, and then, mm-hmm. I, then I deleted that account shortly thereafter. So now my new account has very little to do with text messaging. <laughs> it kind of rolls it. It gives me the eye roll emoji whenever I even say the word text message now. <laughs> Um, so that's cool. I, I saw, I did visit your blog. I'm a very professional fake journalist, and I visited your yes. blog. And I saw somewhere on there that you go by the name Advice Mom. Is that correct? Am I, oh. Is that you or is yeah, that somebody that's else? Yeah, me. So what is that um, about? I, when we first started the blog, we would go by nicknames, and mm-hmm. I was the responsible one. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our followers didn't know our names for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then even even after they knew my name, um one of our followers, she would reblog something on Tumblr, mm-hmm. and she said, "You know, I look to, because um, I look to this blog for all the answers to my life. Because <laughs> it's like having my own personal advice mom." Ah. And the nickname just kind of stuck. There you are. So and now I kind of rolled with it. So now you're the internet's advice mom. I'm the internet's advice mom. <clears throat> Someone else recently called me um, the butt kicking den mother to the internet. Wow. That, so is that is a title. Did you make a, did you make a business card for that? No, but that's I kind of want to. It's like prime business card fodder right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the as the advice mom of the internet, mm-hmm. let me, your humble lowly podcast host, come to, come to Jez for advice. So Uh-oh. I, <laughs> my eleven year old daughter has a birthday this weekend, okay. and she's get, she just got her first iPhone. And my heart is broken in a hundred places because my kid is now old enough to have a phone. How do I deal with this, Jess? How do I deal with these emotions? <laughs> I'm how actually do you re- deal with the emotions or how do you deal with the phone? Um, you, you know what? Give me both. You know, I think I know how to deal with the phone, but let me hear. Maybe I'm missing something. What do you think? I well, want to lock, I want to lock down easy. everything. All right. How did you just, so when, just when get the fuck over got, it, right? When we first got cell phones, we were probably much older. Oh God! They really much much older. Oh my God! Yes, yes is the. I'm not going to say anything else, but yes. (laughs) I mean, I was in I was in high school. I was actually a little um, younger than you. Yeah, you are. I was actually just out of high school when I got my first phone. Okay. Uh, But now kids are getting them really, really young. Yeah, I know. She's the my soon to be 11 year old is the last one of her friends. Yeah, to get a phone like that's crazy. That's crazy to me. It's nuts. But at the same time, it's kind of reassuring because it means that you can have connection with them at any time. Oh, oh, I will. That you all, can feel safe my, sending her out into the world. With all her of friends. my numbers. All of my numbers are in her. her Good. Phone. That's what I. Before we started this interview, I set up her iPhone and put every number in there. I had her call my mom. I'm like, so she, make sure you call her so she's got your phone number and you know how it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so before I got a phone, I would have to keep, like, 50 cents in my pocket mm-hmm. or something. Yes. And find a pay phone somewhere. 
and hope it worked. Let's pause here. For anyone, (laughs) I don't think there is anyone listening to this particular podcast, but in case there are, a payphone is what people would use before they have cell phones. They would have these large, ugly, germ-ridden devices at the corner of streets, and you would Mm -hmm. have to put money into them, and then you'd get an ear infection from using it. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) Okay, so continue. So how do I do that? We had to find phones to use if I ever didn't have a ride somewhere or if I needed help. Um, Even when I was like sick at school, Mm -hmm. you won't have to worry about that with her. All right, that's good. That's made me feel better. She's going to be able to call you anytime she has any problems. She's going to know that you're just a phone call away. And you'll be able to call her, why aren't you home yet? Oh, oh, that's going to happen. You know what's really going to happen, though, is I'm going to get strange text messages from her, like, all the time. Like, she's just going to send me weird things (laughs) through iMessage, and I'm Mm going to think, probably on a daily basis, why did I give her this phone? Why is she sending me these things? I have some step-siblings that are much, much younger than I am, Uh and they'll send me messages that make no sense to me they're full of emojis that i don't understand she has a little friend who um had my phone number for a while to in contact with her and Mm -hmm. one it was weird getting text messages from a 10 year old i felt like the police were going to come knock down my door at any second i'm like no i swear it's not for me um but like these kids man they really believe in in chain messages like, every now oh, yes. and then I get, like, text messages, like, you got to pass this on to, like, five of your <laughs> friends, and you'll know, like, the secret oh, to yeah. what's in the lunch menu. And I'm like, what is happening here? Which, that's so strange to me, because we, we did the same thing when I was in high school. I mean, I was in high school, but yeah. um, that it's been going on for so long that kids still do that. I don't get it. And, you know, when I was when I was on the Internet... Back, you know, I had you know access to the internet at about her mm-hmm. age, and I would see these chain things going around. Like even back then, I was like, "This is stupid." Delete. Like oh, I yeah. don't understand why kids are for. I don't understand things. it either. Like, what do they think is going to happen? You know, you hear all know, the time superstition. Kids, you can't take the chance. <laughs> they knock on wood as they hit send. <laughs> all right. Well, I just wanted to vent about that. I saw you yeah. were the advice mom, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> well, the other thing. With the phone is there are so many fantastic apps for kids. Mm. Oh my god, there are. They right they have so much easier access to information than we ever did. Mm-hmm. That, is that true. it's just at their fingertips at all times, and there are a lot of apps that are really fun that mm-hmm. teach them things. Yeah, there are some really cool ones I'm seeing popping up now, um, where they're teaching girls coding. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's really cool. I've been trying to, I. I like to imagine that I'm better at <laughs> at coding than I really am. And so every now and then I get it in my head, oh, I'm going to do a program at my library on coding. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it myself from scratch. And then I sit down and I get like 15 minutes into it. And I'm like, I made half a web page. <laughs> yeah. When I, um, this was eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. I actually competed at a state level in web design. Nice. And now I go just to update something little on our <laughs> website for the library. I'm like, wow, I have to look all these things up. Like, this is so much beyond me. I know. It's crazy now. Does your I know a lot of libraries out there use Drupal as their as their code, as their as their backbone for their library um site. Is that something you guys use too? Because I hate Drupal. <laughs> no, we actually use Joomla. Oh, okay. Um, which it's okay. It's really no, not great. <laughs> no, it's. I, I feel like libraries. Libraries are filled with really intelligent, tech savvy people, mm-hmm. and then they get stuck with like the worst things to use. And I, I just don't get really it. Really do. I don't understand how that works. We recently changed our um, circulation system, mm-hmm. and I think the one we had before that. I mean, it was from like the late eighties. Yeah, you know, it just I, hadn't changed. <laughs> I just talked to a, another librarian who works at. Um, he works at a library on on Palm Beach Island, like where all the incredibly wealthy people live, mm-hmm. and their library had like some ILS from like the seventies. And I was that like, does, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. It kind of surprised me it a little should, bit, but it kind of got me a little bit. But yeah, that was weird. Okay, we really went off comic books. Is there <laughs> anything? Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about comic books? Um, I mean, I just. I really like ordering them. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one area that our library, uh, no one else in my department had read before I started. 
Like they just didn't read at all or just comic books? <laughs> just kidding. They didn't read any comic books. My, my librarians, they don't read. None of us <laughs> even know how to read. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you, you filled you filled a void there. Yeah, we had the collection. And um, I used to work in reader services before I became a librarian. Mm-hmm. So when I worked in that position, the librarian that would do the ordering, she would ask me for suggestions. Mm-hmm. If there was something I, we absolutely needed to do. And I would be able to submit some things to her, and that was kind of cool. And then she actually ended up moving to a different department, and I took over her job. And then suddenly I had control of the graphic novels. That was a really great That's feeling a good for feeling, me. Right? Yeah. I, um, I probably shouldn't say nobody listen. Nobody listens to this damn podcast. Um, <laughs> I Rumor has it that I might be taking over some of, if not all of, the graphic novel ordering for my library system within the next couple months. And like the amount, the amount of like excitement, like, Mm -hmm. like that's a big task actually, you know, like in in the grand scheme of things, like that's going to eat up a good chunk of my time and it's going to, you know, like make things that I do now a little harder because I, I'm the worst at balancing time. The, one of the, one of the, um, the things that's been hardest for me becoming a librarian, because I've only been a librarian now for just over, just about a year now as well. Um, Mm -hmm planning like several months in advance i don't know if your library is the same as mine where you have to like have your stuff in like months in advance so that your publications get printed and all that good stuff right Mm -hmm. yeah our fall newsletter right now goes through the first week of december for our programming i couldn't do that was due like a week and a half ago that's insane i just i my brain doesn't work like that (laughs) like so i'm working six months in advance for all of my programs i'm already thinking about spring that's insane that's insane that's been one of the hardest things and because i just went on this tangent i forgot what i was oh yeah so ordering (laughs) comics so like i know that that's gonna be like a bigger a bigger hassle for me Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, am I excited to do it. Like, every time it comes up or, like, something, you know, the the person who orders our graphic novels now mentions it, I, mm-hmm. like, just the excitement I get. It's like, if, I feel like my whole library career has led up to this moment. <laughs> well, ordering, you don't have to work so far ahead. No, God, thank God. Um, usually, I think for most people, it's about a month. Yeah. I work about two months ahead if I can. Yeah. Yeah, so. right now I order, like, the um the technology books for my particular branch. So, yeah, okay. yeah that's just... But yeah, the programming. Oh my god! So yeah, I'm getting yeah because right now I've been, I was talking about starting a a comics a comic club for mm-hmm. for our library geared toward you know people in their twenties, thirties, and like again, like that's not going to be something that goes anywhere until probably December. You know, like oh yeah, yeah everything else is booked. So yeah, and it, it's it's very strange because I mean you're working you're planning these things, but you mm-hmm. also have to kind of work far ahead because yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking at how many things I booked for myself in the fall, which was probably too many. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, today I have time. I'm gonna work on putting things together for my program in September, or the one that I have in December. That's yeah, and I I should be much better at that than I am. The luckily the people I work with are really good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. I am like, oh, I have a class next month. I got plenty of time to to make my handouts and my PowerPoint, and and then like two days before, I'm like, oh, I got to do that now. Like that's I still how I was in school. Yeah, for a that's long how time. that's how I was all all through school, and it worked for me in school, and it's working okay for me now. But it's not always good. Like more and more things keep falling on as more and more things keep falling on your plate. You're like, hmm. Maybe it's time to grow the fuck up and learn how to <laughs> learn how to plan. You have to have events. some kind of balance in there because right now, like I'm saying, I'm working six months ahead, mm-hmm. especially for the classes I teach. I did a mm-hmm. resume workshop recently. Did you just refer them to your your website? Well, I took the guide from the website, and that's how I got the job teaching it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, but you, I would do you, it so far ahead of time mm-hmm. that by the time the class came, I'm like, oh, I have to look over all that again. I haven't yeah. looked at that in three months. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot how to do this. <laughs> Well, that's cool. All right, so let's go ahead and, and wrap this up. Any other comic-related things you'd like to say before we bid farewell to our listeners? Um, I just want to say that adults should be reading teen comics, too. That's a very good point. Yes, that is. So there are so many great titles out there that adults don't realize or they look down upon because they're written for teens when they are just as good, if they not are. better. I know... Um, I actually one of I think the guest that's going to be on our show after after you mm-hmm. um, 
he was a professor of mine when I was getting my library degree. And he actually taught a class about graphic novels in libraries. And on that on that syllabus was Smile from Raina Telemeyer. And I it was the first books. time. Hmm? I love her books. Oh, she's the greatest. And it was the first time I had read it because I, at the time, was like a 20-something guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, meh. What do I need this? What do I need to read a book about a teenage girl for who gets braces? I haven't had braces. I wasn't a teenage girl. This doesn't speak to me. It does speak to me. I read it yeah. and I was like, oh my God, I, re- I remember this feeling. I That's actually this. one of the books that I give to adults mm-hmm. fairly often, especially people in their 20s or mm-hmm. early 30s. I'm like, no, no, you're going to get, you're going to love this for the nostalgia factor. And you will. And I've, um, I talked about, I did a, a right before, the month before I did, um, this graphic novel memoir discussion I just mm-hmm. did. I did a like intro to graphic novels thing to try to get some, you know, get some elderly people interested in this stuff or at right. least to get them to know what the hell I'm talking about. And um one of the books I mentioned was Smile. And one of the mm-hmm. ladies actually picked it up. I had it in the room. She picked it up. She came back a couple days later, told me she read it. She was like at least in her seventies, mm-hmm. said she loved it, passed it on to her okay her grand her you know her grandson and everything uh-huh. so it's I everyone should it's it's a great book okay so all age books really mean all ages so everyone go mm-hmm. pick them up yeah even though they're separated in the library by mm-hmm. age you are allowed to go to other sections you are it's not you won't get arrested we are librarians we're giving you permission yes you two two librarians now told you <laughs> you can that's good enough that's good enough all right, Jess, thank you so much for being on our show. I really appreciate it. If you ever want to come back on, promote any other comic book stuff you got going on, you're just let me know. You're more than welcome here. Okay, Anytime. great. I had a good time. Thank good. you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's the end of part two. Thank you very much for listening to both of them. I really appreciate it. Next week, we'll be back to a one-parter. Angel will join us again. We'll do some more book recommendations. And the interview guest next week is Dr. Don Latham. He's a professor at Florida State University, my old school. He'll be bringing some much-needed credibility to the program, and we'll be talking about graphic novels in library schools. So that's really cool. You're going to want to check that out. All right, until next time, take care.